Hi, my name is Russell, and I'm pretty sure I have one of the greatest jobs in the world. I work at the video store, the one just down the road from you that you can go to once a week whenever it is movie night. I absolutely love this job because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series all day long and talk about them with my friends that work here. But occasionally, some interesting people pop in to rent something, and that's exactly what happened today. I had a fantastic chat with a good friend of mine, Fausto Bacati, who is a really great uh, film director, commercials director, photographer, and a bunch of other exciting things. And on the cusp of, of great global work, uh, which you'll see from this chat. So great chance to catch up with him. And I really enjoy the fact that I'm at this point in my life where some friends that I might not really be able to have the chance to catch up with uh, too often, I get to use the video store as an excuse to do so. But before we get into that, just one quick staff announcement, which is a nice little chance for us to be broadcasting some of the things we're doing as the video store. We're very excited for those living in Joburg to uh, come down to the Bioscope this Thursday at 6 p.m. The video store is presenting a special screening of the film, What We Do in the Shadows, which is a perfect start to your Halloween weekend. All the tickets and information is available over on thebioscope.co.za. And we'd love to see you there, and we'd love to see you at all future stuff. A great chance to connect with all of those uh, listening to the to the podcast, which is great. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, uh, this is Fausto popping in to rent something. Did you see that thing yesterday on the TV? How's it? How's it, pal? Are we recording already? We're recording. Oh, we're straight in. Straight in. Oh, this bro. is it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Brilliant. No messing around. Okay. What's happening? Ugh, you know, here we are. It's Bioscope. great. Bioscope. It's great to. It's great to have this moment. It's great to have this time because you are traveling a lot. Yeah. You were just in Tokyo. I was in Tokyo. Which is, what three or four years ago? When did we hang no, out? It's weird. I actually got the only thing that Facebook's still good for is memories. And I got the memory yesterday. It said six years to the day yesterday. Six years? Six years. So six years ago, Short Straw went to Japan on one of our Japanese tours. And we were lucky enough to have you kind of just come on board. Somehow you, somehow you got a Fuji gig. Yeah. Or Fuji somehow. And you timed it accordingly. And you came with us and joined us on tour. I think it's more I was lucky to be with you guys rather than you guys be lucky to have me <laughs> tom 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 the guitarist was like oh, um we were living together and he was like i'm going to japan on tour and i, I think i literally just said can i come oh and, and, okay and so he, then you found a way and he was like oh uh yeah i can chat to the band guys and see if they're keen because i knew you guys were like not super well um you, what you knew us i knew you guys oh yeah but, 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 but not, not super that well, well yeah, you know, yeah sort of superficially and then but Tom was, spoke to you guys and you said, okay, cool. And then I approached Fuji and said, I, I'm, I'm going to, can I take the camera? You give me all the gear and pay my flight. And they're like, sure. That's amazing. Um, but and, it was great having you. Because I'll tell you why. I, like, I think you obviously just a great personality and a great friend to have around. Um, the debate was often like, what do we do about partners? 
But a partner changes things because you've got to look after them and they want a holiday, but it's not a holiday. You got to you got to understand that you're going to spend hours at a venue. Like you're not going to see this little Japanese town. You might not. Yeah. And you got to be okay with that. We surrendered ourselves to that and we yeah. just love what we do. So we we made a rule that perhaps there can be a little bit of an overlap, but to give your partner a holiday, you should really stay on later or come earlier. And then that also yeah, it's a dynamic you got to work around. But having a buddy, I think was different and especially yeah. a buddy that could take photographs of us yeah i was in it man and everyone now in japan they were like is oh first time in japan and I say no 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 i've been i've been here before and they go oh cool so you know it like oh, no not no, really no all i know is nightclub life <laughs> and joel just party because i arrived at tokyo at 1 a.m you guys had already played a gig and then we partied till 5 a.m yeah Slept, about right. slept one hour, we left the hotel at six, we traveled the whole day, slept in the bus, I think I slept on the floor even. Was that the one where we were, were with tutus? Yes. Yeah. So that first night was crazy. That was the night that we all sang karaoke and we lost Shane. Yeah. <laughs> and do you remember Craig in his underpants in the hotel when we got back going, Goz, Shane's not here. No, I don't Shane's not that. here. So we, we sang karaoke all night and we came up with the fact that um, this is going to be called the Keep Japan's On Tour, yes. or Take Japan's Off, oh, yeah, one version of, yeah, yeah. of pants being Japan. And so when we sang karaoke on the first night of tour, which is fucking stupid because it's going to wreck your voice for the next yeah. 10 days, um, we made a rule that when you sang karaoke, you had to take your pants off. So you could wear your undies, but you had to drop your pants. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I, I did it. I did <laughs> you it. did it. Yeah, me and Tom sang Britney Spears. Yeah, it? yeah. And so at one point, Shane from Tutu's, because we did a tour with them. Um, at one point, he's like, guys, I'm going home. So he disappears. And we don't think much of it until we get back to the hotel. And Craig, the brother, who's the drummer, was running up and down the passage in the hotel going, <laughs> like, where the where's fuck Shane? Is Shane? <laughs> where's Shane? Yeah. Are we allowed to swear here? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And I just thought, I would really hate the last surviving footage of Shane Durant to be him in his underpants singing Little Red Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> like imagine telling his kids like this that is the last it. moment. Yeah. But it was it was great having you and it was awesome to see that you got to go back. What, what were you shooting in Japan? I was no? shooting Asahi Asahi beer. They've just launched they're launching a zero percent. Oh cool. Yeah. So I got to see Japan in the day for the first time, really, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but from what I could tell from your Instagram, it looked like a huge budget thing. So it it did look that way, I suppose. But it wasn't that... But you big time, but... It, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, it, was, it was challenging. It was super challenging. And I, I wrote the treatment, and I think everyone else wanted to shoot in Poland on those digital screens. Which, uh, which, where they know, do like Mandalorian vibe. Yeah, and they and the whole brand is this is authentically modern day Japanese, okay. and I was like, well, there's only one place that is Japan. It's yeah. Japan. Yeah. So we got to go to Japan. No. Not knowing how insanely difficult it is to shoot in Japan. Well. So I just write that in the treatment. Let's go to Japan. Everyone's like, great, brilliant. You know, we managed to somehow shoot a music video one day in Japan. Just run and gun. Just, yeah, we just had the van yeah. and we just shot it on a street. Oh, yeah, Tommy shot it. Yeah, and it, uh, the high school music video. And it, um, okay, granted, it was super simple in terms of production, but 
we just love the fact that one day we were like, let's shoot a music video. Yeah. <laughs> it's great that you did. So we, we got away with it. Yeah. Um, but you, you, did you say you struggled a bit? No, dude, I arrive and then they go, uh, the first call is with all the heads of department and the DOP says, by the way, um, I've been here three years and I've only once or twice locked off a street at control of a location. It doesn't happen. Oh, and you want to shoot on the street. And he said, also, I've never done three locations in one day. It's just impossible. And we had three locations in one day. Oh, so that's shit. how we started. Oh, lovely. Was but he Japanese? He's American, but he's been living there yeah. for three years. And and I think the thing that saved us was the service production company was called Mr. Positive. So at every <laughs> corner, they were just like, yeah, yeah, we'll make it happen. <laughs> that sounds so uh, Japanese. Yeah. Mr. Positive. It's actually an American guy, funny oh, enough. Cool. But he, he, he arrived in Japan and said, everyone says no yeah. at every corner. And he's like, I'm done. He's like, I'm going to call it Mr. Positive and we'll just say yes and we'll make it happen. Yeah, I was like, that's actually great. Lovely. So, sometimes, sometimes I was like, maybe you should have called yourself Mister Realistic. <laughs> you know, like there were moments where I was like, why did you say that was? <laughs> so, what were some of the things you did? What's where were you? We were in Tokyo the whole time. Okay. But then I went to Kyoto for one day, which was bullet train in, spend the day, super hungover, bullet train out. Yeah. Have you uh, seen Bullet Train? The Brad no, Pitt film. No, you told me. Yeah, yeah. We to be speak about it good at the segue, wedding. Good segue. Good yeah, segue into yeah, yeah, movie yeah. talk. No, it, it's awesome. It's a great movie. Who directed it? The I don't know his name, but interestingly enough, he was a stunt coordinator. Right. So he was Brad Pitt's stunt coordinator, right. and that's how he managed to get Brad Pitt in his movie. I've always been amazed. It's his first time. It's his first movie. It's based on a book. We got the book out there in uh, the in the lobby of cool. the bioscope. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's so much more like going into it. I thought it was going to be quite a simple action movie, but it, it's quite a complex sort of interweaving of stories. It's almost like if Snatch was Japanese. <laughs> Snatch and ease. Yeah, but there is like Sorry a if Snatch. I'm swallowing it, on this thing. No, no, all good. It's there like, is a there is a, a very Snatch element because there are these kind of British gangster guys that are that are one of the stories. So you hear your, that. What's your rating? What's your what's your out of ten? I I think in five because oh, of letterbox. Five uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think I gave it like a good solid three, three and a half. Nice. I, I'm very um, pedantic in that regard. Okay. You have to change my fucking life to get five stars. Yeah, but that's why I struggle with five because yeah. it it doesn't give you the levels. I don't even know. Yeah, no, it doesn't give you enough. Perhaps, but I've probably I've probably only managed to get close, like four and a half close no like fives. two or three times maybe five i just don't know what that benchmark uh, is uh. right maybe i'll have to reevaluate it at the end of my life but <laughs> but um everything everywhere all at once really topped a list for yeah. me um i'm just thinking offhand in the last few years boyhood have you watched boyhood yeah it's like fuck me man yeah it's like, that's commitment it's like what a movie yeah. it's like i know a few people have done that kind of thing there's a couple of films out there, but I don't know whether they've been doing it on this level. But basically, the boyhood, um, we've got something called the back of the box, which is just if you talk about a topic, you've got to just give a little brief what would be written on the back of the box if you were to take it out of a shelf at a video store. Yeah. So the back of the box on boyhood is it's a film by a filmmaker called Richard Linklater, who's very famous, um, where he followed actors and shot this movie over 20 years. 15, 20 years. So this little boy, you literally watch him grow up. Have you seen it? 
Yeah, I've seen it. It's, it's incredible. I have seen it. And it's funny because when I watched it, I thought uh, Patricia Arquette was incredible because she was already a good actress. Yeah. And I felt like he sometimes was good and not. It the was boy. Weird. Yeah, because yeah, he was a real amateur boy. I he mean, was he a wasn't, total no one. Yeah, yeah and he's not, he's not been in any other movies. Yeah. So, yeah, he, but, he was maybe at times good. And, and I know exactly what you're saying. But it was just, there are these cuts where all of a sudden it just cuts to the kid and he's three or four years older, five years older. And it's kind of shocking because we're so used to seeing like a casting version of the child and then they sometimes don't ever look the same. Yeah. Or they're close, but they're not. But this one's like just shocking because you literally see this kid grow up before your eyes. Yeah, it was amazing. So that was cool. But you and me were debating um, our Wes Anderson preferences. Yes. <laughs> At the wedding. Yes. How was the rest of your wedding? I did was, you have a great job? Yeah. I think I left at one. Oh, lovely. I think I left at... What time did you leave? I can't remember. But we were a bit tired. We yeah. left at about 11-ish. I was also a jet lag boy. Yeah, you flew in from Japan. Yeah. yeah. Straight into our yeah. our good friend Jake's wedding. Jake yes. and Neela. Which yeah, is we lovely. have to give context. Eh? Yes. Yeah. No, well, just to give some kind of idea. The wedding was the drummer in Short Straw. Um, it was his wedding. And um, to his lifelong sweetheart, which was great. Yeah, it was a very sweet wedding. Um, and, and there was a great photo. Did you see the photo today of Neela no. versus Jake? No. She went, being lifted in the chest. Oh, yes. And she's freaking out. <laughs> and he's just <laughs> right in the way. I just love how that wasn't, a, that wasn't a considered thing. I mean, guys wanted to do some form of horror esque yeah. celebrating and only near the end they were like get the chairs man like let's do it like yeah, we gotta give the them best. some kind of yeah we gotta do some kind of tradition um but you and i got into a discussion about wes anderson because i had recently watched the life aquatic and shown that to leslie my partner for the first time and she <laughs> she didn't really dig it she's like it was a bit tedious yeah it's like it's a fucking masterpiece yeah it's always tough showing um something that you love and did you hype it up before I or did you just put it on I, I, mm, I, I tried not to hype it up but I couldn't help but do it yeah because it's also, tough it, sometimes yeah. you're like this is amazing you should watch this and then it gets it immediately maybe they like expect the expectations get too yeah. high especially if it's something quite unique and then I only only when showing it to someone who wouldn't have typically seeked out a Wes Anderson movie do you realize like how kooky it is? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like for you, it was kind of normal. It's like it's great. There's, there's a, you know, there's, there's this Portuguese singer-songwriter, yeah. Sir George, yeah. who's just doing like Portuguese David Bowie covers. Like yeah. that's great. What a cool yeah. device. And what's Leslie like? She's like, she's like, who's a Sal Georgie like, idiot? <laughs> she's like, is it gonna be like this for the whole movie? <laughs> she's like, did they not? Could they not afford like a proper score or something? I was like, oh my god! You're like, well, to a bad start. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, this is going to be tricky. Um, but you said it wasn't your best. It's uh, I love Wes Anderson so much, and I want to give it another go. And I've given it two goes, but I feel like enough people love it so much that it's worth. It doesn't. Yeah, but it's, it's worth something, it's, but it doesn't need your cause it, adoration. No, I'm saying I want to give it another go because I think it could be great. Oh, okay, gotcha. And maybe yeah, I yeah. need to give it a new perspective and I'll yeah. really enjoy it. French Dispatch for me was kind of shit. I'm so glad you said that. I was about to say... Oh, it was I, so I pretentious. Think, yeah, it's weird. He like he, If you watch Bottle Rocket, which I think is great, you can see the beginnings of his style. Yeah. And they haven't been fleshed out yet. 
And then it seems it seems like he becomes more and more quirky, and it feels like French Dispatch is like, is, is like a parody of himself. Yes. It's like, let me go so extremely Wes Anderson. It's almost self-aware yeah. in how fucking pretentious it is. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's convoluted. I don't remember anything. There was nothing of, uh, of almost value. And it almost reminds me of, like, the latest Metallica albums where you'd you think that it's almost as if it feels like they're afraid that no one would think they rock hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because their most famous songs are the ones that aren't balls to the wall rock. Yeah. They're a little more melodic. It's what makes them special, but no one must ever accuse them of being soft. So their latest albums are just thrash. Yeah. <laughs> they're just fucking hardcore, relentless thrash. And it's almost like they're so desperate to show you that they still have, like, chops. Yes. So it's maybe him, like... I don't know, becoming, you know, trying to flex that. But but how does he do anything other than Wes Anderson? Do you know what I mean? He's like sure. almost written himself into a corner in a totally. way. Totally. Yeah, I feel well, now like would be the time to try and break out of that. Break thing. out of that. But French Dispatch, yeah, it just was too convoluted. It was too up its own ass. Yeah. Um, but Grand Budapest, I think, was perhaps the nicest version of him, where it was still very aesthetic Still had a lot of heart. Still had a lot of great quirk. story. Great character. Great story. Yeah. Moonrise Kingdom, I thought was a bit like. Meh. Yeah. I remember watching that with Tom. Actually, uh, we snuck away on a Durban tour or Cape Town tour, and we went and watched. Had a little mandate. Had a little mandate. Watching Wes. Maybe I think Jake or Gad could have joined, but I remember thinking like, oh, this is a bit like whatever. Maybe yeah. that deserves another watch. I liked it, but yeah, nothing. I'm not like I'm dying to rewatch it. What we're you, we're what, Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. I watch it's probably special. once a year. Oh, it's lovely. I just, when that, that opening scene with um, Hey Jude, it just it gets me in the zone. It's like full Hey Jude, the oh, whole song. I need, to, I need to remember that. And you, and you, you in, get intro to all the characters. Oh, that's right. It's so good. Um, and I just love when uh, Owen Wilson takes acid and just gets off the rails and crashes the car. It's like... It's like, I remember all those scenes. And, and it's lovely. Yeah. Have you seen Her? I have seen With Her. With Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, that's one of the few films that gets me into like a changed mode. Totally. Like I leave, do you know what I'm saying? I know exactly. Yeah. yeah. You leave that, especially as someone who kind of thinks in creative strokes, like our brains, I'd imagine you're the exact same. I'd love to especially looking at the work you do as a commercials director and just as someone who produces stuff, you, you sort of think in tone, you think in color, you think in aesthetic, you think in... And it's such a neat movie. Yeah. Everything's so like neat and bright and light and yeah. square. And those, the way the... Almost like the computer screens are framed. They're sort of designed in this... Oh, and his clothes are these kind of like red shirts and... Yeah, Brown the color palette is the color palette is incredible, and the city is incredible because it's it's almost like a Tokyo version of LA, and it's futuristic but not. But it's so lonely, and it's modern. It's modern, but but it's, not yeah. too far out. No, and, and super they, well depicted. And there's lovely stuff on the internet if you haven't watched it already, where they talk about how they built those cities. Oh, cool! And how they take actual cities from that are existing cities, and then they've comped in other buildings, and they've oh, cool. they've very carefully constructed this sort of Asian meets American city. But what I loved hearing, which I think you'd appreciate, is Spike Jones made her, 
and Sofia Coppola made Lost in Translation both after they broke up. So they they both so they were together. You Spike mean he wrote her. So Spike Jones and Sofia Coppola were together. Yeah. Then they broke up after years of being together. And yeah. they each made kind of their masterpieces right. in a way. Both of which were about love and loss and finding love and losing love. And they both they both these amazing conversation pieces and they both kind of about each other. Yeah. So they almost like That's amazing. I didn't know yeah. I knew I knew hers was that, but I didn't know her was you know, I knew Lost it's in Translation was I didn't know her was his. Yeah. It's sort of it's hers was whether his. it was conscious or not, but yeah. it it's lovely to see those two together as two creative filmmakers sort of dealing with loneliness, yeah. loss, breaking up, finding love, losing love. It's yeah. interesting. Um just before we get off the topic, the um, did you know that uh, Spike Jones recorded with another actress, and I've forgotten her name now, but the VO was cast for the voice on her, for the computer voice. Oh, someone else? Someone else. And she did the whole film. Oh, wild. The whole film. Wild. And then so, it became... So she did, she, from pre-pro, like in the film, the whole thing, and he sits in the edit, and he, at some point he's like, this voice isn't the voice. Yeah. It's like it's the wrong emotion. Wild. And he had to you know, obviously call her up and go, listen, it's not you. Yeah. Um, and, so but they can you imagine anybody other than Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, and then it became Scarlett Johansson. But can you, when you watch that film, it's like... Yeah. No, totally. She is so good at that computer yeah. that you fall in love with yeah. that computer. Because yeah. if you didn't have that, it's so critical to, to get the audience to feel the emotion that he's feeling for the computer. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you lost. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Eh? Hard call to make for a director. Hey? Yeah, I think the original, um, the guy who was in the suit of Darth Vader, James Earl Jones. No, no. So uh, James Earl Jones became pre. the voice, right? But there was another guy who's famous for being the dude that was in the suit, right? Right. And his voice was in the original idea. Oh. Uh. Until they were like, no, no, it needs to be more commanding. It needs to be something. And of course, because he's wearing a mask, Why, it's quite easy to replace it with someone else. Was he originally like, Luke, I'm your, I'm yeah, your dad. Yeah. He was like, hey, Luke, I'm your dad. And they're like, oh, it's not no, working. It's not working. <laughs> no, they, they, you can see some, some, there are versions that exist out there in the internet of, uh, of Darth Vader and his original voice. That's and cool. It's of course not the same. Yeah. Um, I also remember hearing a story. Remember they made the animated movie of Jock of the Bushfelds? It was like some, I think it was a small South animation. African production. Yeah, South yeah. African production. Yeah. And there was a woman who told a story about how she she did that. She was the voice of Jock and oh. invited her whole family. And <laughs> in the premiere was like, this isn't my voice. No. And nobody had told her. Not cool. That's not cool. That's not cool. Someone needs to be called out for that. Yo. Um, That's but, so awkward. But then my like, mommy, mommy sound different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? Um, but my favorite moment is um, uh, on a talk show, Jack Whitehall, the comedian, spoke about how he was in Frozen. Right. And he was a character in Frozen. He was one of the trolls. Yeah. And then he recorded it. And then he said, he later got told um, from the from the agent, um, you've been reduced to a non-speaking role. Ooh. And he's like, in an animation, <laughs> a non-speaking role is nothing. I'm like, I'm not in the fucking yeah. movie yeah. if I'm not in that. That's so funny. <laughs> it's the same as Jack Black talking about um, Kung Fu Panda in China. He's like, I don't need to be here at this point because it's not my voice in China. 
Right. But of course, he's the actor that, yeah. you know, is the temple of this animation. But he's got nothing to actually do with the product right. going out in China. Yeah. I find that funny. Um, did you watch anything good on the plane? Um, I watched... I secretly love long plane drive. Oh. Plane trips, because I just get to watch movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's guilt-free. It's yeah. like, well, what else am I going to do? We've got a little theory growing here. It's come yeah. up on a few occasions. You could back me up on it. Do yeah. you think your emotions are heightened on a plane? Yeah, I would say um, fif- like 70% of all crying I've ever done in my whole <laughs> life has been on a plane. <laughs> like probably 80%. You're not crying. You're not crying on the ground. No, you? it's like it's no like, one. No one on the grounds made no, you cry. Just Lion King in Forest Gump. Like that's it, and then everything else is in the air. Actually, no, that's probably a lie. <laughs> but it's pretty close to that. Pretty close to that. Yeah. Did you watch anything good now? On the I watched Nightmare Alley. What um, do you think? And I had a long chat with my girlfriend because she hated it, and I watched it, maybe with this ruse of plain emotion. Yes. I fucking loved it. I thought it was beautifully executed. I thought it was the art direction and the cinematography mm. and the world building was yeah. unreal. Like Guillermo del Toro can do a good world building. Um, I think it was Gad who didn't watch it till the end. And I was like, ah, oh, you have to watch it to the end because that's the whole point. That's the whole point. It's literally the whole point. Yeah. It kind of, Full without circles. giving anything away, there's this kind of, kind of circular thing it sort of comes yeah. back to the start in a, in a way that ties it up really nicely um i don't know yeah i don't know whether it was my absolute favorite and it no, kind of takes not, takes not. some interesting courses where yeah. all of a sudden you're somewhere else but um uh, yeah old guillermo del toro is is a is a master class filmmaker yeah he is i'm excited to see pinocchio yeah which is coming to netflix i think yes i think so because the other pinocchio is out I see it whenever I open up Disney Plus and yeah. I can't kind of bring myself to watch it yet. No. Apparently it's kind of nothing. No, we have to watch Guillermo's. It's yeah. got to be that way. Because, yeah, the other Pinocchio is Robert Zemeckis and Tom Hanks and yes. apparently it's a bit too Disney. Is it Ro- Robert Zemeckis? Yeah. Really? He made it. Oh, maybe we should watch it. Yeah, it's, wor- it's, it's worth... It's, we should watch it, yeah. yeah. Apparently it's not necessarily the best. But that's some, that's one person's opinion. Mm. So I, I want to talk a bit about um, uh, what we were talking about earlier, which is how Wes Anderson kind of makes the same movies. Mm. He doesn't; they're different. Yeah. But they're all in like the same style, and like talking about ma- back to bands mm-hmm. as well, and how bands kind of do this. Well, I think that there's two types of bands: ones who kind of repeat themselves, mm. and like filmmakers also repeat themselves. Totally. But I'm always the most excited by bands and directors who reinvent themselves. Mm. And, so, you know, Radiohead's one of my favorite bands ever because you never know what you're going to get. And it always feels like they're growing as creatives. Interesting. And they're always, um, they're always on a path. They're always, like, trying to push their craft in some way into a new space. And sometimes it's okay, like King of Limbs, it's not so great or something. And then, you know, going from okay, computer and putting down their guitars and doing yeah. just digital because they were like, fuck guitar rock and we don't want to be those guys. Yeah. And and honestly, for me, two of the greatest albums ever were Amnesiac and Kid A. And then filmmakers-wise, I, I, I mean, this has got a point, but I, mm. like my one of my favorite directors, probably my favorite director is Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Who every film is a different 
beast. Yeah. Like looks wise, style wise, and and Spike Jones is that way as well. Yeah. And I'm always I'm always attracted to that sort of filmmaker who it's like, what are they going to do next? I think it's Soderbergh, Steven Soderbergh, in a podcast. He was like, I don't want anyone to to be able to say that's a Soderbergh film. Right. Which is cool. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah weirdly enough, I. <laughs> I think a lot of Radiohead just sounds the same. Oh, really? It's so weird. It's so weird how one can have that perception. In yeah. my head, like, In Rainbows felt like very objectively from afar that became a bit more electronic. But in my head, it's all kind of sounds really? the same. Oh, no. I've tried. I've tried okay. a few times where I've okay. gone like, all my peers highly rate Radiohead. Yeah. I, should, I should really try. That's me with uh, Life Aquatic. <laughs> I'll I'll watch Life Aquatic. You listen to well, I've done it, and Kid and a. I and I I really do respect it. I think what it is is musically, I'm not the biggest fan of kind of wafty, ethereal. I quite with music, I quite like like a solid delivery of something. I like momentum. I like pace. I like punchy, punchy force. Right. Like for me, an all-time favorite is a band like Rage Against the Machine. Right. Where it just comes at you, just smacks you across the face, and then it's quiet, and then it smacks you again. Yeah. Where I find bands like Muse, Radiohead, a lot of those bands kind of just sort of waft and whine. Fair enough. But I totally Fair get enough. it. I totally get it, and I have great respect for it all. But but let's talk about let's talk about movies though, mm. because do you know what I'm saying? Like yes, there's there's certain directors that change and grow and it's always exciting you know like i'm so excited for the whale now darren aronofsky's new one with okay. brendan fraser have you seen it i've Where heard he plays about like a it 600 pound man i've heard about it and i think in when people don't know what's going on they see pictures of brendan fraser and they think he's kind of let himself go yeah <laughs> but it's yeah, like yeah. no it's actually a movie Character, i love that yeah. he's making this amazing comeback yeah um i'm about to <laughs> i'm about to collect it spent a little bit of money on a on a mat um to uh, at the bioscope as you yeah. walk in the ground is a bit patchy because it's this old industrial floor and we've patched it with all the cement and it's only going to get more ruined so what we ultimately need is a good heavy duty uh welcome mat so i looked out on the internet and found a company and and i thought i'm not going to just do a brand like the bioscope or yeah. something on it so <laughs> it's a red carpet yeah and it says um, a little piece of text. It's going to say, I'd rather be watching the 1999 cinematic masterpiece, The Mummy. Amazing. Starring Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. Amazing. And this little carpet's going to say this. Amazing. How big is it? It's going to be big. It's going to be like sort of almost two meters. Wow. Wide. But I, I saw that as a bumper sticker and I uh, thought, that's such a funny comment. Yeah. Because you got to say it. you got to say the full sentence. Yeah. I'd rather be watching the 1999 cinematic masterpiece. Starring. Yeah. Starring. <laughs> so we had screenings at the bioscope when I saw that. I yeah. Clearly the internet is recognizing just how incredible The Mummy is as a picture. It's a classic Hollywood picture if you think about it. Yeah. It's got everything. Yeah. So we also build it the same way. Screenings oh of the 1999 cinematic masterpiece. Do you remember his first film? Brendan Fraser's first film. His breakout film. I don't know if it was his first, but his breakout. Like Encino Man, California Man. California Man. Yeah. In, yeah. in, in South Africa, or yeah. in most of the world, the rest of the world, it was called California Man. Yeah. In America, it was called Encino Man. Because they knew. Because everyone where knows Encino what Encino was. is. Yeah. We don't. We don't know. know. Yeah. Is. 
That was a great movie. It was a great movie. We yeah. should actually bring that back to the bioscope. He sort of is this caveman that's thawed yeah. out of ice. And, and, he, and he gets dropped into like Venice Beach in the bowl. <laughs> with Polly Shaw as like a housemate or a buddy or yeah. a roommate or something. It but, might be shit, actually. I haven't watched it in like 10 years or 15 years or so. We should, we've got something called Cheesy Movie Night okay. where it's, it's a movie that's so bad it's good and you, it's all you can eat pizza. Maybe it's a good one for that. It might be a good film, though. Might be a classic. Yeah. I've got a feeling it's not. I feel, yeah, as I said it, I was like, maybe it's really shit. It's like, uh, what were your, how old are you now? Uh, oh, age, age reveal. Uh, 36. You're 36. Okay, so you were born in 86. Okay, yeah. I'm 85. Um, were you a kid that grew up on MacGyver? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. D don't watch it. Oh. Like, let him be a hero. Okay. Like, however much <laughs> you admire him as a hero in your head, like, just keep him there. Okay. <laughs> like, don't, it doesn't need a rewatch. It doesn't need a rewatch, no. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I have this memory of, of getting my hair cut as a kid and sitting down in the hairdresser's chair. And I remember going, I want a MacGyver. Like, give me a MacGyver. No ways. Yeah, just remember that because he was my hero. Yeah. And it was a cool haircut. Yeah. And only now, like 20, 30 years later, do you look back in the moment and go like, oh, I was giving myself a fucking mullet. <laughs> <laughs> like a big, fat mullet. Yeah. When which, you sit down and say, I want to weirdly enough, would be cool again now. Kind of. Yeah. Wow. Wild. Mullets eh? are back. Is it? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Okay, that's scary. Little, yeah, little ones. Your little mullet, it's coming back. Little party in the back. Mm. Business in Nothing the front. Around. Yeah. Um, are you watching anything now that you... Uh, I guess you've, you've got quite a... I haven't watched much, but um, I've been watching Sopranos, which I've never seen before. Oh. So first time Sopranos, which okay. I'm loving. Lovely. We, as, as, as screenwriting at Vits, um, we watched a lot of sort of season one, episode one of a bunch of shows. Yeah. As a way of saying like, look how, mm. look how much you, you get in the first 10 minutes. Look how much right. you get in the first minute. Yeah. You know, what a, What some South African TV shows or perhaps a more amateur TV show would cover in five episodes, they've done in 10 minutes. Right. And in yeah, with the you, characters. And you know exactly where they sit, where they're going, what they're going to do. Yeah. And and I remember watching one episode of Sopranos. I haven't had the it's great. emotion to, to go further. but I mean, if you like mob stuff, I could just watch mob stuff all day, every day. I just love that, that theme. So... You know, give me some Italians and gold Rolexes. I'm, some good I'm fellas. Yeah, good fellas. Lovely. Good fellas. Top, probably top five favorite movies. Um, I remember watching that at Varsity as well for some kind of screenwriting and whatever. Yeah. And I just spoke like that for hours afterwards. We had to do something together as a group, or we were working on some production. Yeah. Could talk like this, fucking. Yeah. You know. This yeah. fucking guy, this fucking guy, this fucking guy yeah. comes to my house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm funny? What's so funny? Huh? Yeah, what's funny? What's, do I look like I've, do I have the big shoes, <laughs> yeah. the big moon. Clown. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a, we had this exchange program at Vits, and um, there was a lovely lady. Her name was Mary Michael D'Onofrio. She was actually related to Vincent D'Onofrio, funny enough. Don't know. Vincent D'Onofrio is a quite a famous actor. He okay. was in, um, you'll recognize him instantly. He's been in so many movies. Okay. Uh, he was most famous in Full Metal Jacket. He was the, oh. the guy that gets creepy and shoots himself yes, in the yes, bathroom. Yes, yes. Oh, uh, wow. He was in um, The Cell with Jennifer Lopez. Um, yeah. Anyway, Shot so, in the movie. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, wow. 
Um, and um, and old, she's a, she's this Italian American, and her family lives in New Jersey. And I kept saying, "Ah, oh, you're in the mob. You're in the mob." She's like, "I'm not in the mob." And then uh, after more interrogation, I found out not only does she have an uncle Vinny. Amazing. Guess how Uncle Vinny died? Because Uncle Vinny's no longer witness with us. witness protection program. <laughs> baseball bat what and i was like you're in the fucking mob you're in the mob how could you have an uncle Vinny who died from a baseball bat yeah so she's she kept denying it she's, she's like no he works in garbage waste <laughs> management he's in the waste <laughs> management business that's what we were saying about noah um neela the woman who got married last last saturday she's got this lovely brother noah and just the way he was dressed for the wedding, it looked like he... He did, yeah, he, he does. I said, as he walked into the room, I said, it looks like he ran like a bingo hall. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And at one point he was writing his, his speech or something at the sort of pre-party. And we were like, are you crooking the books of your, of your <laughs> yeah, bingo? Dude. That's so your good. bingo hall. You've changed the way I see Noah now. <laughs> we need to get him a gold watch. It's the same as and a like a gold chain. And well, he had no. He's got all of that. I know, but he doesn't wear it all the time. Okay, no, you should wear, wear it all the time. You should wear it daily. No, you should commit to that. Yeah, I've got this buddy, um, this buddy from high school, and he's got this brother-in-law who has got this little like goatee beard. He looks like a magician. He just looks like a guy that would do a magic show. Does he wear fedoras? He probably would. Yeah. And every time we talk about him, I'm like, is that the magician? And they're like. Talking about, yeah. and I was like, I can only see him now as a magician. You just see I can't him. see him as anything other than like a dude working a cruise boat, like yeah. you know, dangling something. You just imagine he always got like cards in his pocket and, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. stuff under his hat. <laughs> yeah, it just, just explodes just every time. And everyone's just like, be normal, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you specialize in commercials. Well, that's what you've yeah. done. Yeah. Um, are you? Are you? looking to do other things where you where's where's your head yeah definitely I where mean, your, where, what do you want to be when you're big well yeah that's a great question <laughs> um so tash lives in tash my girlfriend lives in la mm. and i've obviously been visiting quite a bit and the academy museum in la which is crazy it only opened well i guess a year and a half ago it was delayed by covid it was meant to open oh, 2020 wow. okay there was no film there was no proper film museum in LA wow. before then which is pretty wild yeah. if you think about like yeah. Tinseltown and so it opened and we went and on the drive home she she looked over and she was like I've she, and at this stage we've been dating like four years five years or four, yeah. four and a bit years whatever and she said I've never seen you so excited about anything ever in all the time we've been together she said you, you look like a little kid oh. in there like you you I've never seen that you behave that way. And it got me thinking and I was like, kind of letting down little 12-year-old me. Yeah. I, like I love commercials. I love what I do. But it's such a great but entry point. It is, especially in this country. It's the way to go. But um, it's, a, it's one of the ways to go. It's a good way to go to get exposure to film sets, exposure to bigger toys, Yeah, you know, actually working with bigger crews and all that. And so it's a good experience. But I feel like I'm letting down little 12 year old Fausto who like <laughs> fell in love with movies you know no I often think about those earlier versions of me I think of the 17 year old Russell who who if he knew what I order for coffee yeah would he be <laughs> like what a, 
Peter. You pretentious prick. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what the fuck is an oat milk cortado? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, listen, pal, wait till you try yeah. it. Yo, wait till you eat a lot of dairy and, yeah. and you realize what your fucking stomach does yeah. when that happens. Stop with the milk now. <laughs> yeah. But I... Speak about Facebook memories. You're talking about Japan and the Facebook memories. Every now and again, I get the Facebook memory of a post I made when I first heard Short Straw on radio. So we'd been playlisted, and our first song was old uh, Good Morning Sunshine. Morning Sunshine, yeah. And I knew it was playlisted, and I hadn't kind of caught it. And then there was one moment when I caught it. Where were you? Just driving down Jansmats or some, something. On your ace. Yeah, on paint, my own. Paint the scene. On my own. Yeah. Driving down on my own, hearing it. And for some reason, it just sounds better through the radio. Just and you, just something about the EQ and everything just sounded great. And old Fresh or some DJ, you know, and that was Short Straw. Just a part of me, like, I, just, I think I started crying. Yeah. I just had this, like, you were in a well plane of suddenly, emotion. Suddenly and I just you were thought, flying it. Yeah, and I just thought, and this was the post. The post was me saying, just heard Short Straw for the first time after being playlisted for a while. You know, the little 16-year-old Russell, 12. Jesus, I started playing drums in primary school. Yeah. Um, would be so excited. Yeah. <laughs> and I was what like... What a dream, hey? And I just, you know, because that was also the era where it, uh, to be playlisted on 5FM was, was a pretty big deal. Yeah. And it just took you exponentially to another level. It just just broke open something yeah and uh and so yeah things were kind of different after that it was lovely what a dream what a dream i mean but we got to look after a little faster Wait, so paint me a picture where was a little faster uh he, yeah he he was he was Joburg. very little he was very <laughs> uh yeah yeah Joburg and where'd you go to high school so, uh red hill ah, red hill cool. my passion for movies started uh my mom said like I, I don't really believe that you remember your memories i feel like your parents tell you them so many yeah, times yeah, yeah. that you yeah, insert yeah. it as a memory <laughs> totally but anyways them so but you, you get told it so many times you believe it's your memory mm. which is an interesting concept but um she says that uh we were watching hook with robin williams and mm. like i stood up on the the chairs and was going mad like hook, 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 and like celebrating and and she she says that it's like the first time she noticed how into the movies I was. And and then I had a friend, uh, Dean, whose mom was like the cool, naughty, not naughty, she yeah, was like yeah, the yeah. cool mom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we would get a bit naughty around her house. Like, we, this is the first place I got drunk. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, 9, 10, 11, whatever those ages. Uh, first time we watch porn, you know, like. Mm. <laughs> like yeah, first time you see a boob, it's hell of an exciting. Yeah, no, it's a thing. Yeah. And then um, also other darker things that we won't discuss here. But, um, then yeah, you know, let's just say the layers, the layers of your onion got, yeah. got created. Yeah, and she would she would let us watch kind of whatever, and we watch. I remember we watched Universal Soldier, which was so brutally gruesome. Yeah, um, uh, violent at the time, and and Pulp Fiction, and oh, and Jesus. Yeah, and I think I was like nine or ten or eleven, so somewhere there. Because we have we have that question on the video store, which is, what was the movie you were but too young to watch when you watched it? Yeah, that Pulp, was Pulp Fiction. Must have really blown something open yeah yeah that changed everything it was she's like why is her nose bleeding yeah. <laughs> i mean what that, is she doing that her nose is bleeding Did, <laughs> yeah i mean the, the, the response to that shot of the the close-up of the the needle going in 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 uma in, thurman's yeah no no his his arm yeah where he puts it in and then he pulls blood back in 
to the yeah. to the syringe. Yeah. That that thing was like visceral. It was so extreme. Yeah. And that 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 was when I was like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what it is about this, but I I want to do whatever. Like I want to yeah. be. Yeah. That was the movie that like. I remember in high school, um, I had this buddy Ian. He's actually a quite a famous painter, Ian Groves, and he. Um, he was one of those friends that was sort of always the inspiration. You know, you have the, the friend that you kind of follow in a way, creatively. Like, you always kind of look to them, whether you are consciously looking or not. And you kind of get inspired by the things that they do. And you're sort of very conscious of them. And so I would go and visit him in Cape Town. We were in our sort of first band together in Joburg. And then he moved to Cape Town. So every now and again, I'd try and visit him. And I remember him and his buddies putting on Amelie for the first time. And that also just broke something open in me it like opened a whole new room in my brain yeah which was like you know the opening scene of amelie this french film if you don't know it but i mean it's one of those you must certainly watch um something like the table with the glasses dancing in the wind or some poetic look on the world yeah you know as these tables dance on a tablecloth as the wind blows and, yeah and it's this lovely story of a woman in in paris who sort of falls in love but also kind of plays and helps helps her neighbors i don't want to give too much away but amelie is if you haven't seen it you, you need to see it but um i've come to realize that that's probably the most significant film of my life amelie amelie so just from color yeah. storytelling heart soul everything was just kind of everything for me so five stars on letterboxd it would be okay yeah no okay. no looking back now i would say this would be the five star um there, there, there have been other movies since that i would say was my favorite movie mm. not that i'm ashamed that it's amelie but like mm. it's amelie that's cool it's <laughs> a great film. that's another great story which is what do you tell people or a question what do you tell people is your favorite film and what is your actual favorite film right because you want to seem like yeah yeah cool. yeah. What's your what's the movie you yeah. tell people? Like I tell people it's Usual Suspects. Okay. Which is a great movie. Yeah. But it's convoluted and pretentious. But it's lovely. Yeah. It's a great movie. Great movie. But yeah, I watched that again a couple of years ago. It's secretly Amelie. <laughs> but I don't think you need to be. That's no, not no, a I'm saying it's, it's not a. It's not a. It's not something it's not, I'm. I'm ashamed of. Um, there was an interview with with. If Ryan. you're saying like Speed Two, then you've got a problem. <laughs> if that's like your actual favorite, then you've got a serious problem. Yeah, like Amelie, Amelie's, yeah, yeah. Amelie's cool. Yeah. Amelie's, there's some cred to that. Yeah. Um, they asked this in an interview with with Ryan Gosling, and his he says, "I tell people it's Citizen Kane, but it's actually Step Brothers." <laughs> <laughs> which speaking, is speaking which of is Citizen Kane. I'd never seen Citizen Kane. I like dodged it at film school. Okay, weird because um, they, they usually don't let you dodge that. No, we had to write essays on it. Yeah, that goes down every. I mean, mm. uh, and we went to the LA um, Academy Museum uh, on a on another night, and they've built this insane cinema. It's oh, like wild. in a ball. It's like a. It looks like an old theater, and they had a thirty-five mil uh, print of it. Print of original print of of uh, Citizen Kane and 30 minutes before 40 minutes before the thing they had one of the post supervisors who's done Star Wars VFX supervisors mm. who's worked on Star Wars films like a laundry list of classic Hollywood movies old guy older guy sorry and um, he gave a 40 minute lecture wow. before the movie about yeah. what it meant how it pushed cinema forward it how really they did. achieved 
certain shots mm. and being, they like built stuff into the ground yeah did he mention that they sort yeah, of almost yeah. built these trenches yeah because they wanted such a low angle but the cameras were so big that they almost had to build these like the way in which in world war one you were in a trench they had to build these trenches that they that they filmed from yeah which which is so crazy when you think now how easy it is but they the, watching that then you know and having mm. that context before and of it was, things that look so simple now. Yeah, it was a, there was one shot which was a remarkable shot of someone in a room and you could see the kid playing outside. Yes. And you're like, that's fucking normal. We're so yeah. used to that. But yeah. that, that, that took a lot yeah. of, of focus. They had to push the boundaries of these cameras to get the focus and to comp and do yeah. all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah it's a cool. little girl outside. Yeah, playing with And the then it pulls sled. back through the window. Yeah, something like and that. And then back to a foreground two shots it's um, i was watching something the other day um and i and it and i knew they'd done some kind of practical effect in it and I turned to leslie my partner i'm like oh that's cool do you see how they did that so so he must have left the scene and then the other guy came and she's like what are you talking about just, not, <laughs> just, just like where is this movie magic and yeah. i love that because i yeah. get to be the guy that goes like, no 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 so so like you see, it's one shot. Yeah. So this, so they must have left this, and this guy must have come in because then it comes back and it's a different guy. It's not even about her getting it. It's about you. It's, it's like the fun of you yeah, talking yeah. about it. Um, let, but let, me, let me ask you a question. Sorry mm. to interject, but um, as a movie lover, and you obviously knowing sort of being in love with yeah. the filmmaking side of it, do you do you find you can watch a film and just be immersed and like have a Leslie way of watching it, or or do you find yourself Oh, like thinking about cinematography, thinking about sound, no, no, must, thinking about... I must say, I'm quite happy to just have it wash over me. Okay. Yeah, and I've long since been that guy where I've, I've often, when compared to, to others, found myself not too far down the the, the cinephile thing. I, I, I've I've enjoyed the love of cinema, I think, more so than others. Like, I'm not too critical and I'm not too pedantic and, and I, I still think there's... I think in in relation to most people, I've watched far more movies than them. But in relation to many cinephiles I've come across, I realize there's still quite a lot I need to watch. Yeah. Like, and so that's why actually, funny enough, um, the pandemic was a dream for me because I just smashed movies. Just soaked in. Stuff. I was like, what am I going to do for two weeks? Yeah. Three weeks? I've got nothing to do. Yeah. I'm not going to pivot and start a new business. I'm moving mine. This is going to be just fine when yeah. everything calms down. And in the meantime, I'm gonna smash movies. I was so cooking what like was two the, a day for three, great. four weeks. It was a dream. So what, what was the? Were they rewatches or was there one that you watched? Combination for the first of a few. There were a few. I had this great housemate Cole. I don't know whether you've ever come across him, but we would be like, okay, it's film noir week. Yeah, <laughs> we're such geeks. Theme it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're like, there were one or two that I'd watched. There were one or two that I hadn't watched, and it was great to do that. We did a little bit more South Korean stuff. Cool. That I hadn't seen, like Memories of Murder. Um, which yeah. is the same dude that did uh, Parasite, Parasite and all of that. Oh, the Bong Joon Ho. Yeah. Genius. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I was going to tell you something. I was going to ask you something. Oh, now that you... Okay, so so your lady lives in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hectic. Yeah. But I mean, you travel a lot now. Yeah. Like you haven't spent a, that much time in Joburg. And honestly, um, one of the things about... LA and just the states in general is this the cinema going culture mm. and, and it's so so cool and and some of the theaters have you, you gone know. to the new Beverly 
I haven't. Okay. I've seen it from the outside. I haven't had a chance to. I didn't have enough time. Wait, which one is the new Beverly? That's Tarantino cinema. Oh, no, I haven't. But mm. I've seen it. Mm. But there's so many classic ones. it's only ones. 35 mil. Of course. Tarantino. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I want to spend more time there just going to the cinema because the last two years they've been closed, a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and, and so she's, she's an actress. She's an actress, yeah. yeah. And she's apparently... Um, Tom and them were saying these are friends of ours were saying that she's got a quite a nice job she's doing something with Apple TV she, Plus she, she, yeah she, she's uh, in a show called Invasion season okay. 2 season 2 they were shooting in Cape Town oh wild yeah oh so ironically she probably got the connection or the gig in LA she did and then goes yeah. back to her home country to shoot yeah is it a South African set thing or is it they shoot a lot. I mean, they shoot a ton of shows out. But it's not set in South Africa. No, no, okay. not at all. No, mm. uh, it's it's all like studio stuff. And what's invasion about? It's about aliens oh, invading. Cool. Yeah, oh, red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so she's going to be in season two. Just they they have to imagine the alien the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> tennis ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, what's her full name? Natasha Loring. Natasha Loring, lovely. But with her being more in LA, and now our mutual friend Tom, yes, who is the guitarist in Short Straw, who is now basing himself as a cinematographer more in, in London, yeah, is also going to probably be in LA more, yeah. So hopefully, you guys can spend more time there. Yes. Hey, teach homies. Watch, watch films and that watch can bands. just you know you're more of a director. Yes. You don't have ambitions to be anything other than a director. No, no. You shouldn't be because you're great at being a director tom is a cinematographer so the two of you can yeah hopefully work more and more together yeah i mean it's an important uh shorthand that you build with cinematographers and and like having that trust and stuff is so crucial on set especially mm. so we've we've built such a good relationship and you guys work do work relationship you do work well together yeah yeah very yeah, well that's good um because it is a friendship thing and it is a trust thing yeah. So it's nice that the two of you can. We've had some bust ups on set. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've had to have some. <laughs> we've had to have some like some post set uh, <laughs> trauma counseling amongst ourselves. You know, like what happened there? Yeah. You know, what was like that? little what couples was, counseling. What was that about, dickhead? Yeah. What was that about? Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're stepping on my toe. <laughs> Just so. But but yeah, we get through it. You know. Um. What's the next job? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but I want to do something for me oh, because cool. advertising is and amazing. So, and so now you doing something for you, what would that be? Or what What could it take? I just feel like there's like some sort of a weird art film bubbling up inside of me and I don't know what it is yet. Nice. But uh, it's, it's pretentious. What, it's wanting to pretentious come out. Pretentious is all hell. Yeah, just weird close-ups. shapes, colors. <laughs> odd close-ups. <laughs> yeah. black and white. Grainy black and white. And then color. Who yeah. knows? Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just ends with the word thin. I just don't want to, yeah, you know, um, I love advertising. It's brilliant and it's got its its place. But little 12-year-old me is just dying to do something. Yeah. You know? yeah. Okay, so perhaps you'll take some time to, what, write something? Yeah, I think so. Or partner with a writer, you know, I don't know. Um, you just got to find find a story that touches you, you know. I think... You spoke about it earlier, and I think it's really true. There's certain movies that hit your soul, mm. and I think that that's a high that we chase watching movies. 
and like her was a really good example of that mm. requiem for a dream was a really good example of that like it it hits you so hard or yeah. at least me it hits you so hard it leaves you thinking for days parasite left me thinking for days yeah uh, there's things that that just hit in a way and i just want to be able to create something that hits some people in that way Let not me tell everybody you, but you'd appreciate this i did five years of film school well four years really five years of varsity four years of film and learned a lot obviously but there were like one or two nuggets that i've kept with the whole time and the one was from leon Fanirop. have you ever met leon he is a for the most part a film critic so he writes for magazines and newspapers and he was a guest lecturer once and he just said something which stuck with me forever which was that you must just be a different person when you come out it's got to change you in some way doesn't always have to blow your mind, mm. but are you happier? Are you lighter? Mm. Are you hornier? If it's a certain kind of movie. But um, are you angry? Did it frustrate you? Mm. Did it fucking leave you harrowing? Are you, you know, the worst thing, and you can attest to this too, the worst thing that a movie could ever do is just leave you cold. Yeah. Where you're like, I forgot I even watched that. Yeah. That was yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it left me cold. What was it? Yeah. Something about it. That was, was the one. That was yeah. the one nugget. The second nugget that I learned was, as a director, you just need to know your limits. You need to know that if you can't afford a boom shot, don't write that in. Um, you're not going to get a great um, uh, performance from the actress in the water if she's been in there for longer than however many minutes. She's going to be cold. Yeah. So it's like know the limits. Yeah. And work within those. That's good advice. Leon Leon knew what was up. Yeah, so Leon gave me the first nugget. It was a lecturer, Taku, that I think gave me that okay. second one. But it was so funny that you could do four years of, <laughs> of film school. And yeah, you know all about Italian neorealism. Yeah. But like the most practical stuff were those sort of two nuggets, which came like quite near the end. Yeah. Funny. Well, good good crystallization of, yeah. of, of four years. Yeah. Um, and you probably had a good time doing it. Yeah. Um, but any traveling coming up? Or are you going to stay in Joburg for a bit? I think I'm going to go to the States in November. Nice. And LA. Yeah, and New York. But I love New York. The best. Oh, great. I did a film, I did a film holiday once. Did you? Yeah, it's so weird. Because we had this exchange program with NYU. I got to know loads of people. And when they came, I showed them around and all that stuff. And so I could just go to New York and know lots of people and be put on their couches mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But I'd really, I did one trip before I started, just after Varsity. And then I did another trip once I'd already set up the Bioscope. And I literally was in New York for a month. And every day I found a different site for cinema and just walked there or found my way there and checked it out from a museum to a cinema itself. Like I watched movies which I guess I could have watched at home, but it was cool to experience them in the cinemas, like the Paris In the proper cinema. cinema yeah, yeah. There's know, amazing there cinemas the there too, yeah. Um, big ones, so you small know, ones. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, there's one called the Museum of Moving Image, which you should maybe check out. It's it's more Brooklyn side. Okay. So it's a little maybe past the sort of main stuff in Manhattan and stuff, but it's I thought it was a great museum. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's this great cinema going culture there and amazing cinemas. Yeah, the Nighthawk and those kinds of stuff. Like, the Nighthawk's very similar to um, the Alamo Draft House. Yes. And so it was so, let me tell you this, it was so interesting, like, 
starting the bioscope, having ideas, and thinking that would be cool. I can mm. have beer and have pizza, and mm. which was quite radical in 2010. Yeah. Like our cinema-going experience as South Africans was like not alcohol. Yeah. It was slush puppy and popcorn. Yeah. But we were doing pizza and a beer. That was yeah. quite revolutionary. And then you start having these concept ideas. Why don't we do this and noodles or this and that? And then you discover these other cinemas exist in the world. Yeah. That just have fun. But we need more of those here. Yeah. It would be great. And so yeah. we love doing that. And it's so great having this idea and going, oh, they do it too. Like we had a Big Lebowski white Russian party. Because we thought, great. you got to watch Big Lebowski and you got to drink white Russians yeah. and wear bathrobes. Oat milk now. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize that these Lebowski fests happen everywhere else in the world. And then you can learn. And there's a cinema called The Prince Charles in London, which yes. is also quite similar in spirit. You told to the me Bioski. to go there. Yeah. So next yeah. time you're in London. Well, the best cinema, one of the best cinemas I've ever went to was the Electric Cinema in Notting, Nottingham. Ah. It's heard an it. old theater, all red velvet. Mm. Every seat has a little table with an, a little light lamp. Oh, cool. So it's super moody when you walk in. The front row has beds. Oh, red. Which they bring yeah. a little blanket. So oh, who knows right. what people have gotten up to there. But um, it's brilliant. Oh, uh, it's an amazing cinema. What's your, um, if you had to pick, obviously, on the spot, your favorite cinema experience? Like, or, or, or something that stands yeah. out, something that, yeah. maybe not your favorite, but yeah. like um, One that I can attest one. to yeah. recently was watching Everything Everywhere All at Once mm -hmm. in London, like in the Prince Charles. So I seeked the cinema out after having followed it on Instagram for the last few years. We, you know, we at the Bioscope, and I've said this before on, a, on an episode, we at the Bioscope, you know, we often sell out, but I don't sit in the audience. I don't watch movies with people at the Bioscope because one, that seat should go to someone else that can bring the business some, some money. Yeah. But also I'm in work mode and like I'm too busy. I can't relax and, and chill out. Yeah. And so it had been a while since I was in a cinema that was full, also with pandemic. And it's just one of those movies if you've seen it, yes. where you laugh, you gasp, you it's got everything. So that that was a great moment. It's so true. I mean, we watched it I haven't in, had that in Cape Town and you're so right. That movie had probably the most vocal crowd yeah. I've heard in a long time. And in like general, the stone scene, the rock scene. Yeah, it's People were going and it's mad. Quiet, and it's this quiet yeah. scene when you get to laugh in it. And and we, we, we are often not in a full cinema in South Africa because they're these like 200 seaters. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but we often go at sort of funny times. And so it's often yeah. not full. Um, I remember watching Hot Fuzz once, not going in with much idea of what we were going to watch. Yeah. And it was such a, also similar, like just so funny and such a big action movie. And I remember there being so many people in the cinema and realizing like that is the point, the yeah. shared experience, that the, the, being able to, gasp with everyone and laugh with everyone it's, it's magic it's no, absolute and, magic it's and, like my church i would say you know yeah. and that was what i was invigorated with and why i was so grateful i actually had that gap and that pause in the pandemic because i was getting tired in my winning i was getting mm. tired every day i wasn't thinking about it. i was i was i took for granted the fact that i bring people together to watch movies i took for granted the fact that i play guitar in front of thousands mm. of people 
um, not always thousands. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I sometimes, mean. Yeah. sometimes thousands. But but just groups of people come together and have the shared experience that I create. Yeah. Be it my dumb idea to do this and watch that at the same time, or you know whatever my do you know idea is for the cinema, and then also with the band. You've so, also had a couple. Uh, Proposals, marriage proposals. Yeah, like, at your cinema, right? Yeah. How, how many? How, what are you on now? I don't want to count because oh. I always like to. <laughs> I always like to. Whenever someone um, does email, I right. always I like to have them believe that this doesn't happen relatively often. So no one's done that. I was so, joking. No, Nobody's no, but been... you know what? Each person has their own way of doing it, and and it's lovely. Uh, perhaps a couple times a year. Cool. Um, we've done elaborate ones where. It's like a flash mob and people are in the cinema and they start singing and it turns into a thing. For real? Yeah, we've done that. We've done ones where like families are hiding behind the corner and then they scuttle in and sit in the back. And um, Sometimes it's just two people. That's that's more often the case. Yeah. But I've realized we can almost do the whole journey because then we can then perhaps do a bachelor's party. Yeah. Because we've done that where people connect a, a console and game. Oh, cool. And have like gaming parties as bachelors which yeah. is quite fun or one activity of the bachelors then we can actually have the ceremony itself we've had a couple of weddings oh no shit yeah 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 wow. recently about a month ago we had Jacques from Shadow Club get married oh here. no way that's yeah awesome. that was cool and then one of the last things we can do is a um, the the wedding video that gets made right yeah yeah, yeah like a viewing it comes about a month later there's the long version that perhaps you watch and then it sits on a shelf for the rest of your life. Yeah. The smaller version probably gets posted to social media. But why not have a premiere where everyone can kind of relive the moment and everyone has champagne and um, perhaps those who couldn't make the wedding would come to watch this. Yeah, that's great. There was a great It'd be nice to watch it all together. Yeah, as well. and there yeah. was a great ceremony that we did um, just as the pandemic started easing where a couple got married on a beach and it was just the two of them. And it was at that point where we were in amongst the waves where like people couldn't travel or didn't want to travel or didn't want to get on planes. And um, so it was just the two of them and they filmed that and then they screened it here. And this was kind of the wedding. That's great. Because there was champagne. So everyone who couldn't it, come watch. It was literally bit. everyone. Wow. Because it was just the two of them. They just kind of eloped on a beach. Who, who was somebody else filming it or was it like handicapped? So, no, no, no. So, yeah, so someone else filmed it. Okay, so it was okay. obviously like the videographer, the officiant and the two of them. Okay, it wasn't just like... Yeah, yeah. The phone to no, 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 no. It was a proper production because <laughs> okay, I think okay. they knew that yeah, yeah. they'd have to do it this way, and then they thought we'll film, we'll screen it somewhere. Nice. And then they found us, which is great. Nice. That's cool. So you're lack of vibes. Well, I've got a um, a cinema going experience for you. So last year, uh, I, I was like, found myself. I was in Paris. I was in Paris, and I, I just googled, where, where, when is Dune coming out? Ooh. Like still thinking it's two months away, but just wanting mm. to know the date so I could plant it in my head because I was mm. obviously so excited. And and it says the next day. Oh, so I'm like, what? What is going on? Then I Google. France is getting it first. I don't know why. Like the filmmakers, three four weeks. French Canadian. Sort of. I don't know, but he's from uh, he's from uh, Montreal. He's not yeah. French. So yeah. I, I was super confused. I thought that too. Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. <laughs> so then I go, I go on, 
I'm like, what? what's going on? And it's coming out like four weeks before anywhere else. Sometimes they do that because they kind of want to test the markets. And But I don't know why, why France. I don't know. Sometimes South Africa apparently gets action movies before everyone else. Really? As a way to kind of test audiences. They're like, cool, most violent country in the world. <laughs> How do they dig it? Did yeah. They, yeah. Did it, trigger did it shock anyone? anybody? No, <laughs> fuck. Okay, let's, let's recut this. Okay, so you then... So, so, I, so I go online. I'm like, oh, I have to cancel whatever I had the next day. I'm like doing this. And I look, and I hadn't been to the movies in Paris ever, so I see this thing, I'm like, 50, 50 euros for a ticket. Oh, shit. But it's all in French, eh? So I, and I didn't think to Google Translate or whatever, so I go, oh, man, 50 euros, that's crazy. I don't know about that. Yeah. It's like a thousand rands. So I was yeah. like, so I keep looking, and then I find, oh, there's another show, 10 euros, so the, the one after. So I'm like, great, I'll do that. Uh, and I go to this thing, and I bought the wrong ticket, Oh, I should. It's in French. Yeah. As I as I sit down, I realize. Yeah, this movie's not going to be in English. It's, du it's dubbed in French. Yeah. And I'm trying to watch this thing. <laughs> I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. It's worth it. I've been waiting for Dune. Yeah. And I'm flying the next day. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm not missing this. So I sit 10 minutes and I was like, I, I can't speak any French. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. No subtitles. Uh, there were no subs. It was just in yeah. French. Yeah, yeah. And I walked out, and what I should have done, it was pretty busy. What I should have done is gone like, putain, come <laughs> like <laughs> This movie like, shit. This movie sucks. You know, like <laughs> 10 minutes in, was like yeah. throwing my popcorn. I wish I'd done that. So that would, would have been a cooler story. But anyways, next day, YouTube sends me, obviously recommends movie stuff. Dune, world premiere with Denny, Timothy Chalamet, <laughs> Zendaya. Was there. The show before. That's why the I 50 just... euro ticket. <laughs> <laughs> they were all uh, there Q&A uh, yeah same uh, cinema that's annoying very annoying but uh, I still would have had to walk out because I wasn't going to watch it in French they screened yeah. it in French so weird yeah. no we, we when we were on tour and we were in we played a show in Cologne but we had a night off and so we bumbled around the city and found some uh, we ended up eating like some fucking Indian food somewhere get to the venue the next day and realized there was like a really great band. I forget what, what it was. Um, one of those sort of like quite cool indie bands that we all knew and loved that were playing in that venue the night before. And we're like, if we just check one, the schedule. Yeah, one fucking day. <laughs> like, oh. Who we, was it? Oh, forget offhand. It was like one of those cloud like nothings. Like the Strokes or something? No, no, no. It's a small venue. Uh, it was like cloud nothings or okay. like one of those kind of indie bands that we knew yeah. that we recognized that you would have loved that we would have loved to have gone yeah. in a smaller intimate venue fuck man can i just backtrack and say you, you do you hate indian food or something cuz it sounded like no but it was a it was a weird thing to do like uh, you're uh, in you're in germany oh uh, right you should have had some <laughs> some like, sauerkraut or something yeah something i mean we yeah. could have had a far more eventful night we yeah. just i remember walking around for way too long eventually yeah. settling on somewhere cuz we were just tired like we had a kind of like a bit of a shit night oh, but we could have watched this band i hate that i can't remember which that. band it was but it, we were all just so like yeah but um yeah funny yeah. but yeah there's 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 cinema experiences can be quite interesting when they're in another language i love the fact that there'd be like a guy who's like i am george Clooney. there's like a documentary about this what do you mean where, the, where there'd be a guy who's like i'm spain's george Clooney. so whenever 
like Spain, or I'm picking a country here, but like oh, whatever, whenever they dub that actor. Yeah, so whatever George Clooney does, this guy gets to be fucking George Clooney. Uh, uh. And there was a documentary about this where oh, wow. all the George Clooney's come together. And they're like, <laughs> I am Spain's George Clooney. This is what people think George Clooney sounds like in Spain. Could they talk amongst, or they all, was English the common denominator? Uh, yeah, I think they were able to speak it for the sake of the, la- for the, sake of the documentary. But it's yeah. just so funny that like you could be what people think George Clooney sounds like. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah, you, you order a coffee and they're like, George? What? what? <laughs> yeah. Why is, that? Why is this guy's voice ringing a bell? Um, yeah, we need to, I need to go watch some more movies, man. Mm. I think we, I'm just one of those people. Give me a free afternoon. I'll always go watch a movie. What's, what's, uh, what's the one that you're jonesing to see? Apparently Nope's amazing. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm like not necessarily one for sort of scary movies. Yeah. But I'll like, apparently it's just incredible. Yeah. I'm keen to see that like as well. He, it's like someone, someone put it well, which got me excited about it. They said it feels like Spielberg-esque. Cool. And and if you even from watching the shorts that they were acting in, Key and Peel, you get the impression that these guys understand genre. They know mm-hmm. the devices that work to make those Key and Peel skits so well. So the moment those guys now create content like movies, you know that they understand what triggers, what yeah, what kind of tropes, what kind of devices work. Right. So that's why Jordan Peele's films are just so good. And that's kind of why uh, the, the the Russo brothers also ended up mm. doing sort of these, they went from community. Yeah, they did community. Right? And then they did some other <laughs> serious so stuff. But they, when they, I mean, I remember going like, how, how did they do Marvel Avengers? But then you go, you look at their history and it's kind of like training in these different styles Yeah. to then understand genre so well that you can do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it's 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 important to play within that. Um, so I need to perhaps get back to work here. Okay. At the video store. I wish I could just chat to you all day. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's fun. Is, I hope it's fun for the, other people. I don't know if the, it is fun. This is the the real perk of the job is just getting to chat to you. Um, it was so funny when we started talking about Wes Anderson at the wedding and was like, wait, 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 save us, save, save this juice for the for podcast. The <laughs> um, but it's just lacquer to be hanging out with you it's lacquer yeah. to sort of just see your instagram stories that you pull the shit off in in japan and and I, I i get i get the little faster dream it's time and i know i know he'll be looked after it's time <laughs> um so I, i've got a thing uh just before we go i want to do a, f- a film festival here if you're open to it okay where we get all the it doesn't have to be commercial directors. Yes. Do I, yeah, we've talked about this. this. Did you? What was your name for it? If anyone's listening, <laughs> uh, I forgot the I forgot the name. It was like I've got a bad memory. It was something. Okay, so just tell the concept. Well, I just want to do a screening of. I, I found all my, my like, original first short films from film school. Yes. And high school, I was doing. Yeah. Some, I didn't think those were worth showing, but I just thought we should do a a, a little festival where everybody plays their first film. Yes. Which I just. Cuck. Yes, yes. And we yes. just put our egos aside and yeah. we go, look how shit we all were. And you can see where I was thinking and what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. I Unless cracked. you're Tristan Holmes who won a, 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 a literal <laughs> Academy Award yeah. for his. He 
Tristan, if you're listening, you you can't come. Well, you can't. Well, you just you're not going to screen that one. I want to see what no, came he's before the, that. He's the f- feature film. He's the his one can be the. Yeah, top I, me- of the- I remember him, and I remember that film. Yeah. Um, won a student Oscar. Yeah. Yeah, and I know one other guy also won a student Oscar. They're great films. No, there has to have been some shit before that. There has to be. Yeah. We'll have to come up with a name, like some kind of like my my first my first turd or some. <laughs> Oh yeah, it had turd in it. Yeah, it, it was. Turd it was, was called the. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it remember. actually was a good name. There was it a was good like, name for it. Yeah, yeah. you'll come up I've with got it written somewhere. But it it can. It's very similar. I heard that there's these talks because you know we we know that there are these motivational talks that happen all the time. Yeah. But there's apparently something called, like fuck up talks or something. Right. Fuck ups or something. And the point of these talks is hearing people that are now successful. Yeah. Not talk about what what their successes were, talking about all their failures. Yeah. So the speech is like, and this is where I went wrong. And right. This is I made a mistake on that. It's like we can think about that with short straw. Like I can look back on Youthless, the one album. Myself and Elle have spoken about it. It's like it was way too fast. <laughs> There's so many songs that could have been like a couple BPM slower. Right. It could have sat in more of a pocket. We could have taken that one out. We could have done that one better. So it's like all your mistakes. Yeah. It's quite an interesting way of looking at things. So I think that's a great idea, and we will make it happen. The turdskas. No. Well. Oh. It, was, it, was a, it was a pun on a, it, it was a pun. turd dance. Wasn't it a turd? It was turd dance. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> that was it, yeah. Okay, now we got to do it. <laughs> turd dance, yeah, let's do it. All right, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Awesome. Now, now what happens? We, 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 we clap. We clap. That's great. How long did we go for? Wow, an hour. That was a quick hour. Okay, what a delightful chat. Um, it really was great to to catch up with Fast about all these things. I hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, just one or two points to mention uh, at this part of the show. It's called The Cash Up where we uh, right some of the wrongs of what we've said or certain things that we forget in the show or get wrong. This is our chance to sort of balance the books, balance the till before we uh, turn off the lights and close the video store. Uh, The one thing to mention is the director of Bullet Train. I was wrong. I have later come to realize it was not his first film. He has done a bunch of others, which we talk about in other episodes. So I was wrong with that. Um... And then uh, the other important thing, (laughs) I guess, to mention is I went and watched Encino Man for the first time in many years, and it was pretty much exactly what we thought, uh, delightfully cheesy. So certainly not going to be entered into the Criterion collection anytime soon, but could be a really good cheesy movie night pick for an upcoming Bioscope cheesy movie night. All right. to share the love, please, if you don't uh, already subscribe, please do that and leave a review. Those are always uh, very welcome. Uh, you can share the love by telling people about it. Uh, we are the videostore.co.za and um, please join our small but uh, growing uh, presence on Instagram. We are the video store pod and over on Facebook. We are facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the video store. Please feel free to post there. Uh, tell us what we should be watching. Um, tell us what you think of the episodes, etc., etc. 
Magic, thank you so much. And one last reminder, uh, this coming Thursday at 6 o'clock at the Bioscope for those living in Joburg, uh, the video store is presenting our first event, our first screening of the film What We Do in the Shadows, which is perfect as a start to your Halloween weekend. All right, lovely. We will see you soon.